Welcome, 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 dear listener. You're back. We're back. Everybody's back in the saddle again. I feel like the invisible man. Uh, this, of course, is the Lineside 2020 podcast. I am Scott. I am Brendan, last name, Morris. Oh, okay. Last names now. Yeah. That's fancy. My last name's Woodard, not Woodward. <laughs> So many times you've gotten Woodward. Oh, my God. I get Woodward all the time at my real job, just making a reservation, doing airline tickets. Airline tickets, eh? Yeah. So Where are you headed? Uh, I don't know, but we're going to buy some airline tickets to go see some college football because we're doing great. Are we? We were 5-3 uh, and three last week, plus a unit. So, hey, if trending up. If it's plus, it's good. If it's plus, it's good. The NFL's been a lot better. Let's hear from anybody that doesn't use exclusively our picks that's having like an amazing college football season. I I've, I literally don't know of anyone. It's personally. not a lot. It's not a lot. And I'm, and whenever we talk to folks, it's, how you guys doing? Well, I'm like, you know, we're kind of down in college and we're way up in the NFL. <laughs> Probably way better than you are. Yeah, and they're like, same, but you guys are killing the NFL. Yeah, yeah, we're killing the NFL. Whoa, okay, that's awesome. Anywho, let's talk about college football. Let's do a mystery top five, and then let's do the NFL, the aforementioned NFL. And then let's do a uh, crying montage to the New York Yankee Mets. Oh, my gosh. That's a baseball thing. That'll be at the end of the podcast, so people can just skip over it. <laughs> Freaking love, love World Series. We have, I bet you, we have more Astros fans, listeners than we do Dallas Cowboys fans. Listeners. Oh, that's a hundred percent true. Yeah. Uh, did we? Did you see the bet the guy placed? Astros over Phillies yeah. for fifty bucks to and make. He's not. And he's not hedging. It's for five hundred bucks. Oh, was it five hundred to 20. win one hundred twenty-five grand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um, not selling it. He's not swapping. That's so weird to me. Well, I would at I least mean, put like ten is, grand on the Phillies or something. It is the favorite. They well, are the favorite. I know. So if you put ten grand on the Phillies, what are you getting? One ninety. Might as well just wait to see how it plays out until we get into elimination game situation. If it's on that side, why wouldn't you just like do it now for the series? Because that's what you bet on. You bet on the Astros beating the Phillies in the series. Just do it now. Because he's, And just be easy and breezy for the whole World Series. Because I think he's probably like, you know what, I could use 125 grand and I have it on the favorite. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, okay, let's talk about college football. What was your take, your hottest take, from last week's college football slate? Uh, Texas A&M is a dumpster fire and they suck. Texas A&M set like some sort of college record for scoring less than 25 points against FBS opponents. Yeah, I heard that too. It's like nine games in a row or something. It, yeah, it dates back to last October, I want to say. And the only it's two terrible. teams that are the same, Rutgers and Colorado. Both schools that are in my family bloodline. How about that? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I told you my grandfather played at Rutgers. Rutgers, New Jersey. And then my parents met at Colorado. So glad they did. Um, <laughs> we're, all, we're all glad they did. So uh, let's take a look at A&M and what's going on there. Smoke them if you got them. Does They're, it really matter if the players were smoking pot before the game or after the game? It was all done in the locker room. In the locker room is amazing to me. Yeah. Is it legal in South Carolina? Uh, I don't think so. Is it legal in Texas? It's not legal in Texas either. 
<laughs> so they had no legal standing to do any of this. Yeah, I don't I don't know that that's the big issue here. <laughs> well, it's not. It just adds to the funniness of it all. It communicates to me a complete lack of control uh, by Jimbo Fisher. Like, what in the hell does he do all week long? Jimbo it, Fisher's buyout, by the way, $90 million this year. I thought it was 96. No, I think um, it, it goes down $9 million every year. Like because it really it's matters. guaranteed. Like, it really matters. What a bunch of morons. Uh, and, and Aggie people are really like, oh, they'll probably get rid of Jimbo. I'm like, dude, no one has $90 million. Well, they'll find it. There's a guy down the block from me whose license plate says Jimbo. Yes. You know that truck. I do, but his name's Jim. Oh, no, his name's not Jimbo. That's our other friend, Jimbo. I don't, I don't <laughs> He lives know. on like high edge, right? The the yeah, Jimbo truck. The Jimbo truck. Golly, what a crazy, crazy offense. Haynes King can't get it done. They get the other guy in. Haynes King threw out his own shoulder because he winds up so far with the with the football. Yeah. He really takes it far back there, doesn't he? <laughs> it's amazing. Is that the key to his rocketness? I just wonder how he was one of the top recruits in the country. Like how was that missed by people like watching football? So this is what he looks like, because I watched that game with some Aggie fans and one alum. Um, and that's important, by the way. If you ever <laughs> talk to me, don't ever call me a Texas fan. That's not a thing for me. So the interesting thing about watching Haynes King and, and the way that he plays is that he looks like he is bracing for a car accident <laughs> as soon as soon as we're two seconds deep in in the pocket. His body language shifts from like being upright to cr- it 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 goes into crunch mode. Yes, and, and this was proven throughout the entire second half uh, of the of the A and M South Carolina game, which we were on the Aggies. I wanted to put a million units on the Aggies. I'm quite glad we didn't. Um, it was 17 to nothing five minutes into the game. <laughs> and knowing A&M's offense, there was no chance they were coming back. They did kind of, but they end up losing 30 to 24 to South Carolina. South Carolina, four wins in a row, playing well. They are playing really well. Um, Beamer Ball's got his special teams going. It's just very – it's interesting to see how, how teams evolve throughout the season – because when they start off bad, you're like, how is this ever going to get any better? Particularly if they don't have athletes or it's, a, it's not a, a new uh, set of concepts offensively and defensively that, oh, they just got to adjust and get used to it, get more reps. I didn't see anything to look forward to for South Carolina after that first you know three or four games, particularly when they went to Arkansas, just got – pummeled yeah, like i was like this team's not gonna win a game in conference and spencer rattler was just turning the ball over left and right yeah he did show the other night uh serious uh deep ball yeah um I, he, he didn't even connect but it was it was the look of the throw and the strength behind it so we i feel like we're kind of hammering on the aggies a little bit texas has their own issues as well it's not near as bad as the aggies there's that's not a, a take to say that one's uh, worse than the other if you're going with that uh, notion that Texas is in worse shape than A&M because they're definitively not. Texas loses its fifth game in the last two seasons with a double-digit second-half lead. Not closers. They do not need to play narco. 
the the proliferation of narco throughout sports is disappointing really it needs to be the mets thing it needs to be an edwin diaz thing and it needs to stay there i agree but that's never going to happen so texas as i was sitting there watching with uh, a few of my mother-in-law's old friends um is that me they said oh they're gonna win this game i was like texas needs to learn how to win and they just don't have that skill quite yet and it's still not bled out of the program. So Texas loses 41-34 to at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State coming off, obviously, a loss to TCU. So now Okie State and TCU prepared to play again, likely, in the Big 12 Championship. They're going to play TCU again? TCU again. TCU, of course, beats Kansas State at home by 10, covering the 4.5-point line. Bold prediction. Texas is going to get up on TCU by 21 points. TCU is going to come back and win. TCU has actually showed a pretty good penchant this year for coming back and winning That's all they do. They know how to win. And uh, the speed kills. Here's here's what kills. TCU seems to injure the starting quarterback for the other team in every game they play. Yeah, every single one. It's amazing. I think in all the conference games they've played, that's happened. Yeah, Kansas State loses both. Two, two, their top two quarterbacks uh, end up with a third stringer. TCU comes back, wins 38-28 at home. Um, Alabama, dump trucks, Mississippi State, kind of no surprise. Pretty much a shutout. Uh, uh, Mississippi State scored a touchdown with on the last play of the game to get a six on the board, uh, elected not to kick the extra point, which is <laughs> like Mike Leach weirdness. It's just I'm not going to do it. Clemson beats uh, Syracuse at home, 27-21. Syracuse had that game won. And then they take out DJ Ukulele. Clemson took out DJ. I'm sorry. Clemson takes out DJ Ukulele and uh, Kubnik, our guy from uh, Westlake, brings Clemson back. And somehow DJ is still the starter. Well, he's not still the starter until he starts this week. Fair enough. Which but is Dabo not going to happen because they don't play this week. Dabo says he's the starter, so I'll go with it. Uh, our biggest play of the week, Duke, plus 10. We talked about it on the podcast against Miami, at Miami. Uh, we didn't understand the line, and for good reason. In this case, sometimes you don't understand the line, and it just goes the wrong way. This one did not go the wrong way. Duke beats Miami. 45 to 21 as a 10 point dog. Miami is hurting. I think Miami turned the ball over eight times. Is that? I think it's nine, actually. I think it's it over nine. Yeah. Nine times. Nine times. And in the final big game of the weekend, boy, Oregon just put it on UCLA. It was a shame that someone had to win the A&M Miami game. <laughs> what if that game was played today? You think viewership would be at an all-time low? No, because people like to watch stuff like that. People like to watch train wrecks? Yeah, well, big name pr- train wrecks. I yeah. mean, nobody wants to go watch Middle Tennessee, you know, lose to UAB and things like that. That's fair. Um, but I, I love to watch big, big-time programs that are both playing terrible play each other and see what happens now that has nothing to do with the oregon ucla game (laughs) mario crystal ball it does it does have an oregon connection uh but chip kelly goes back to Autzen and loses handily 
45-30, Oregon wins, and it wasn't even close. Like it, it was no. not a game. Every every time, was so I think it was a game when it got to ten to ten, and you're like, all right, UCLA is finally uh, settled into this game. The crowd noise is going to be somewhat mitigated based on the fever pitch it was at the beginning. Uh, and these teams may go back and forth and trade blow for blow. That did not happen. Uh, Bo Nix. He looked amazing. Is really, really good against everyone as long as they're not in the SEC. <laughs> That's true. It's really insane. I saw him on a uh, Heisman pundits list, like in the top eight, I yeah. want to say. That makes sense now. Bo Nix. He lost wow. 49 to 3 to Georgia. No one's going to remember that. That game. never happened. That never happened. So let's get to this week. Give me your all time greatest pick of all time for um, week nine. Looking back <laughs> on it, um, I don't really have anything to say other than if Wake Forest and Louisville do not go over the total of 62 and a half, 62 and a half points. I will eat Uh-oh. a gallon of ice cream Market. during our next week's podcast. Oh, really? Yep. Okay, so a gallon of ice cream in an hour while talking about football. That's if we get five new subscribers. Oh, <laughs> I like that. So we're gonna we're both putting some skin in the game on here. New listeners, that means forward this to friends that Free month. May, that may be on the fence. Uh, I will eat a gallon of ice cream if this team total, or excuse me, if this this game does not go over the total of 62, uh, it's Wake Forest and Louisville uh, this Saturday, I will, and it will be a gallon of ice cream what kind? of your choosing. Oh, my choosing. Yep. Okay. Cotton candy it is. Oh, birthday <laughs> cake. <laughs> yeah, birthday cake. Your birthday's coming up. I also have a, a like on this game, Wake Forest minus five and a half. Wake, Wake Forest offense is is churning and burning. Louisville not good, not good. Remind me Louisville last week. Malik Cunningham. Malik Cunningham bad. Malik Cunningham's had just an up and down season. Well, he's been kind of hurt too. The great thing about Malik Cunningham is he's going to score for his team or for your team. <laughs> That's why the total is genius. Yes, Louisville uh, beating Pittsburgh at home last week, twenty-four to ten. Pittsburgh's in a bad way, but I really and like, Pittsburgh's in a bad way. I really like um, Wake here. Sam Hartman playing great football. Uh, my biggest like, I believe this this week, not surprisingly, the Syracuse Orange minus three at home against Notre Dame. Dino baby, Dino's at home again after. I mean, I guess you could call that some sort of dream crusher scenario here for Syracuse losing to Clemson. Um, they would have put themselves in a really great position to be in the ACC championship game, and they kind of lose that game. They beat him last year, Syracuse. Did. How do you kind of lose a game? I'm saying they kind of lose that game every <laughs> year. <laughs> I stop mid-sentence. Um you're talking about to Clemson? Yeah. Yeah, well, they 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 hang with them they typically. They do. They do. Um they they kind of took their foot off the gas. Uh and they were decimated by injuries in that secondary specifically. That I, that's that's my hesitation uh for Syracuse this week. Not that you need some sort of dynamic secondary against Notre Dame cuz you don't. 
Yeah. But um, they got pretty banged up in that game. A lot of uh, a lot of medical personnel on the field. Notre Dame beat a now really bad BYU team all of a sudden, uh, twenty eight to twenty. They lost to Stanford sixteen to fourteen. How in the hell did that happen? Uh, these are all at home, by the way. I know. They much better on the road. Did not cover against UNLV last week, forty-four to twenty-one. They won. We should have taken that game. And then they go on the road now to a team that is, I think, as good as any team in the ACC. Personally, yeah. Oh, I think they proved that last week. Albeit they do it differently. Um, I still kind of sitting there believing in Mac Brown a little bit. You know, they're undefeated in uh, the Tar Heels are undefeated in ACC play because they lost to Notre Dame at home. And they kind of still can't play defense. They're getting better. It doesn't matter. They have like the best quarterback in the country that no one's ever heard of. It's Sam Howell. It is not, who is going to be great. Um, let's talk about uh, May. What's his name? Jake May. Dustin May, not Dustin May, the red, the redheaded uh, pitcher uh, for the pitcher Dodgers. For the Dodgers, no, it's uh, I'm like a hundred percent sure it's Jake May. So North Carolina, you lean here as well, or you like uh, North Carolina minus three and a half at home against, against the aforementioned Pitt. Yes, very bad, very bad team. Pitt is going down the two. Drake May, Drake. Yes, how about this number? 24 touchdown passes to three interceptions. That's Hendon Hooker-esque. I've heard I've seen Hendon Hooker as number one in the Heisman. He's got to uh, be. Pundits. It's it's him or CJ Stroud. He has like 50 touchdowns and one interception. And he's handsome. And he's a handsome man. Clay Travis loves him. Uh what about this uh unique game uh this week between uh Ohio State and Penn State? Yeah, Penn State at home minus, uh, sorry, plus fifteen and a half uh, against Ohio State. You know, Ohio State's interesting. They 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 scored a hundred <laughs> points on defense last week. Yes. Oh my God, Iowa. So they beat Iowa fifty four to ten last week, and they are supposedly getting Jackson Smith and Jigba back on a limited play count here. Yeah, I saw that yesterday too. Which is likely not true because they've said it for about three weeks and he hasn't played yet. But C.J. Stroud's show is still pretty darn good. Um, I, I don't know what to do here. Penn State at home. You is, wish it was at night. I you, know that. You definitely wish it was at night. Penn State got absolutely trashed by Michigan on the road. And so that gives me a pause. But, you know, in the other big game of the week, this is a game that James Franklin kind of covers every year. He covers it all the time. It is going to be an early kick. I, I kind of look at scenarios and the uh, the trends of uh, the seasons of college football playoff teams, and I think we would all agree that Ohio State is highly likely headed to the college football playoff. Mm -hmm. They're not going to just drub everybody throughout the whole season. The last chance for a scare between now and Michigan is this game right here. Yeah, they play nobody uh, for the next three weeks. Right. And th so, therefore, this has got to be your your spot for a scare. I, I, don't, I don't think Penn State matches up well with Ohio State uh, at all, really. Uh, although I do kind of like their secondary, so maybe if they can, you know, get a couple picks on CJ, it could, it could come down to the end. 
I just don't see how they're going to close the deal. I, I don't see an upset at all, but I do feel like they can hang within two touchdowns. So this is an interesting point. With them having Indiana next week, Maryland – I'm sorry, uh, Northwestern next week, Indiana the following week, Maryland the week after, do they care more about this game because it is their last big game? Or will they just be content to win and then grab a ton of margin on the next three games? I think that they care about this game a lot, um, but I don't think it's going to matter – when we look at look aheads and things like that, I think they know that Penn State can play uh, very tough football. It's going to be a hundred thousand people sold out that are rabid fans. I mean, Penn State still has everything to play for too. Yeah, that's fair. It's not like it's not like they're having a down season. I mean, they've lost one game and it's to an undefeated team. Yeah. Um. And and they're not as good talent wise as those two teams. They're not even close. So. I just think that they hang within two touchdowns because it's going to be early. That crowd's going to be way into it, way into it. Yeah, it's not at night, which would play to their uh, advantage, but they're still going to be nuts and going crazy. And if if Ohio State gets there and uh, has some false starts and gets behind the chains, it ain't going to be easy. Yep. All right, give me your other thoughts on the other uh, local game. TCU again? No. Uh, Texas Tech at home, uh, minus two and a half against Baylor. Man, we're going to have a lot of people uh, to talk to on Saturday. That's true. During this game. Um, I really like the Red Raiders. Joey McGuire's building something there, and they keep getting quarterbacks hurt, uh, but they kind of keep producing and playing. So they're down to their second string guy? Third. Third. Yeah. Um, who is uh, uh, his? Merton. His dad was like the former coach of our friend Chris Hill uh, in high school. I didn't know that. Yep. That's interesting. Uh, And so you really like Tech here at home. I do. I think it's a low number to cover. Um, Baylor, you know, played pretty well last week against uh, Kansas. Covered. uh, They did cover, and we hit the over, I believe. And although it was only about like two points. It was by like a half point. Oh, oh we had 56. We, yeah, we got it down 56. The closing line, this is what I texted on Saturday. The closing line, 57 and a half, final score 35-23. How, how do these guys We got it at 56, totals? though. Yes, we did. Um, I, it's amazing, how, especially because of their adjustment for the conditions. Yeah. That's what I really don't understand is how good they are on their factor ability with the conditions, like to what degree? Okay. So if we're looking at a 15 mile an hour, wind, is that a point and a half? If it gets up to 20, is that two and a half? Right. Like, how does that work? I don't know. Um, I do like it. That, that is fascinating. Uh, Baylor, you know, they're, they're kind of a 500 team. Texas tech, I think is a little above 500. Uh, Lubbock's tough place to play. Um, and they've got big wins, man. It was interesting to see last week that West Virginia kind of hung in there, sort of made a made a comeback on them. And then fourth quarter, Tech just put the foot on the gas. 48 to 10 in the final. Wasn't that crazy? Yes. Why didn't we take Tech? I know we liked it. <laughs> it was that seven and a hook. That's yes. what there was. It was the hook factor. Yes. And West Virginia had just played Baylor close, beat them uh, in Morgantown. And that was kind of a pulling us off the seven and a half. Tech's covered five of the last six against Baylor. They're playing this thing at Jones Stadium 
at night. Tortillas, baby. Tortillas and lots of uh, Coors Light beer picked up from uh, Doc's uh, outside of town. <laughs> and uh, Outside of town. It's going to be awesome. They can't buy beer in town. I'm going to get my guns up Saturday night. I love it. Uh, Florida and Georgia, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Greatest name for a football game in ever all, in all of all of history. You don't like the Red River Shootout rivalry? I do like that name, but it's not as cool as the no, world's largest outdoor there's cocktail nothing party. As cool. So here's what they do. So I'm married to a Georgia Bulldog, and uh, I know substantially more about football than she does. <laughs> and I'd like to point that out. Um, you think? And so what's what's stupid about this game is that where they divide the line on this neutral side is is end zone to end zone yeah. instead of 50 to 50 so it's really kind of dumb like but it, it that feels like it's that should be normal you have a home side and you have a visitor side like i think the yeah but you can't impact the game at all that's true and that's i true. i like the part about red river where you've got impact on the game because it's so loud on ends of the stadium in the way you're driving the ball and or backed up against your own end zone. I like your logic. It's stupid, but that's all right. Um, Georgia, 22.5-point fave. Uh, they've got kind of a big game looming next week as well. Tennessee. Man, that's going to be fantastic. 22.5 uh, seems like a pretty big number, although when you look at it, Georgia's been just kind of thumping Florida in the in the recent history. Won thirty four to seven last year, I want to say, on their way to a national title. Um Florida didn't look real good against uh LSU two two Saturdays ago. Um I don't really know what they've got going on there. I, I don't really know what side to take on this, quite frankly. You got a you got a hot opinion on this one? I don't, uh other than the look ahead is massive for Georgia. I mean that will be their game of the season uh, until the SEC championship, assuming they get there. Their game. That's the going to be the funny season. thing about Tennessee and Georgia, um, because the loser probably doesn't get into the SEC championship game, but is sitting going to be sitting there with one loss, just like all right. Yeah. It's probably better just like for Alabama us. last year. It's probably better for us, right? Um. Okay. Or Except for Alabama, Alabama got two into years the, ago, into the championship two years ago. of the SEC. Uh, okay, so the other one in that uh, future matchup: Tennessee at home against Kentucky. Tennessee giving up twelve and a half points. I mean, look ahead here, but is Tennessee just riding high, and they're just gonna keep playing their play? And they legit seem for real. I like that they force their will on all their opponents. It's kind of a different thing when you're trying to you got the look ahead thing going on and you're trying to cover double digits and it's against a opponent that you know it's not a rivalry but Kentucky clearly can play spoiler role mm-hmm. as good as anybody. Uh I do think though that the way Tennessee plays does not jive well for their opponents. I don't think Kentucky has uh a lot of team speed. I think that they're really good at tackling and those kinds of fundamentals i don't know if they're going to be able to cover high it down the field and hendon hooker dropping bombs in there and going at that breakneck speed and i think will levis is not the third best player in the draft this year 
We never think any quarterback is the third best player in the draft, and we tend to we tend to be right. I still think that Sam Howell is, but I don't have that burden on me because he t- got taken much later. Yes. Um, last one. Going to do USC minus fifteen at Arizona. I actually really like USC. Here. I think you, you're talking yourself into liking it more. I think I am. That's one of those games. It's Ari- I think Arizona's bad. Arizona had some sort of pub going early in the season of like, oh, this is a different Arizona team, and then they just well, get they finished drilled. kind of strong last year too. And they just keep getting drilled by other teams. So they don't get drilled by themselves. <laughs> be a weird football game but they probably would get drilled by themselves i'd like to go see their spring game and see them not play defense there either who so, coaches arizona now besides kevin someone's contract rich rodriguez no not, uh, not him okay is it uh, lute olson i don't know it's not lute olson <laughs> i think he's dead it's sean miller i don't know uh i i like errors i like usc on the bounce back also Feels like extremely public pick, though. Very true. Michigan, Michigan State, anything? Um, it's a rivalry. I like the Wolverines to just beat the piss out of their little brother. Uh, they lost that game last year, and that was their only blemish. They still get into the college football playoff. I don't think that might happen this year if they lose it. Revenge. a 22-point fave at home. Man, I, I really like Michigan. I like Michigan better this year than I did last year, and they lost all those players to the NFL. I think that um, it's what that season did is kind of launch that program back into we're an alpha male in the room. Like, we should beat everybody we play. Yeah, and I, was, I don't think they had that for a, a long time. I was thinking about Harbaugh. this the other day. Harbaugh took a pay cut last year before the season, basically saying, I'm not worth – this contract that was given to me. I will voluntarily take less money. I'm not scared of inflation. I don't care what they do to the khaki (laughs) pants market. And since then, he's gotten back to Stanford, Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, that's a good take. And he's just beating the pants off people. They're playing good defense. Kind of doesn't have a great quarterback, but they're running the hell out of the ball. He looks very confident, and so does his team. And not that they didn't last year, but I think they kind of felt, oh, wow, we really are good. I think that was more of a surprise to them internally last year while they were drilling themselves. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) I just think this year they're kind of lining up expecting to wear down their opponent and, and probably embarrass them. Right. I think they're going to have a huge amount of confidence going into that Ohio State game because I do think they are going to beat – that line's a pretty good number. I like that 22 line's pretty tough, but I can see them winning by 30-plus. Very good. That is your NCAA report for this week. Uh, let's do mystery top five. And this week, do I go first? I don't sure. Know. All right. Top five, that guy, character actors. So, like, oh, I like that guy. You know, you're watching a movie and you're like, oh, well, I remember. He's good. And you never kind of really know their name, so this is going to be super fun for you. Uh, but that that's what I'm going with here. Top five character actors. Gary Cole. Gary Cole, number one on my honorable mention. Are you serious? Oh. 
<laughs> Number one on our honorable mention, Gary Cole, of course, uh, Lumberg in Office Space. He was in Veep. Did you ever watch Veep? Uh, is that the one with Julie Louis-Dreyfus? Mm-hmm. I have not. No. That is one of the greatest shows ever on television. It's amazing. You uh, would enjoy it. It makes fun of politics. Uh, what's to make fun of? Talladega Nights, Dodgeball. God, he's so great. The There's Brady Bunch. He plays uh, uh, Jim Brady, you I believe. Will s- you will see a theme on my list. Office Space. Of Lumber. Of uh, movies and TV shows that all these people show up in. And I think it's because they're so good at their jobs. People just are like, yeah, I want that guy. That guy's great. All right. Give me another one. Um. Okay. How about this one? Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts. Julia Roberts' brother did not make my list. He is in so many movies, and he's like the biggest scumbag. Pulp Fiction. That there is. Um, is he in Pulp Fiction? Is he? Uh, oh, that's Eric Stoltz I'm thinking of. You're thinking of Eric Stoltz who sells heroin. <laughs> yes. Eric Stoltz not, is another good that guy. That is another good that guy. That 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 guy is not Julia Louis. Or excuse me, Julia Louis. <laughs> Julia Roberts. Uh, no, I know who you're talking about now. Um, he is. Uh, he's in the Dark Knight. He's okay. a great. You know, he's kind of like a. He's a scumbag bad guy. Yes. Kind of guy. And so I always think of him as sort of like. He's just kind of great at that kind of role. He has so a very always, unique angular face. He does have a, it's. It's a. It's something about his face that's like oh, I'd probably hang out with that. He's guy. got those Roberts cheekbones. Is what's that called? Roberts cheekbones. Is that like <laughs> Julia Roberts? Eric it, Roberts. Oh, that's a thing. I thought it was like <laughs> No, I made I made that up just now. I thought it was a medical designation. <laughs> Who's Mr. Roberts? Um I mean the guy I think he's in like a hundred movies. He used to be in like those late night uh Cinemax movies as well. Oh yeah, you like those. Uh Lady Chatterley's lover. Uh, I don't think he was in that. Emmanuel in Baghdad <laughs> in, and things like that. Baghdad. I'm just kidding. He's not that old. Um, but he does play a great bad guy, and um, he's one of my favorite that guy actors. All right, give me uh, who one. else? Who else should I go with? Um, should I stick with the Pulp Fiction thing? I don't is know. Eric you... Stoltz is a good one. <laughs> Eric Stoltz is a good. One. You stole my Eric Stoltz. Um, Man, because Pulp Fiction does have some great character actors for sure in it. Um, let's do. Let's stick with Pulp Fiction. Um, can I say Samuel L. Jackson or is that nope? He's too leading. Yes, I have a couple of honorable mentions here that I. This list was started via a text yesterday between us. It was. It was. But I, I, I disallowed the person that I originally thought of because I thought I don't think he's really a character actor. I think he's more of a main dude. Give me another one. Her- Harvey Keitel. Oh, Harvey Keitel's a good I, one. He's kind of main, though. Is he main? I don't know, because he never really has had a leading. Has he had a re- leading role, really, ever? You know, I think he was more leading in, like, the 80s, maybe. Really? Man, maybe I don't not. remember maybe him really leading anything. Okay, I'll He's go. the wolf, man. He is the wo- Mr. Wolf uh, in Pulp Fiction, Harvey Keitel. Um, Two okay. more. Okay. Uh, this is not easy, because... Well, you can just say that guy. Hey Scott, that guy in X movie, not a, not an X rated movie, but just an X. Like <laughs> um, I won't know the answer. To I that. won't know the answer to the X rated movie either, because uh, don't they have like they John just re- Holmes? Don't they recycle See like that the, guy? Don't they recycle like the same six guys? <laughs> yes. Um, okay. How about this? 
Robert Wool. Robert Wool's good one. Arliss. Arliss Michaels. Larry in Bull Durham. Yes. Just the assistant manager. I don't know. Manager. Candlesticks are always a nice gift. <laughs> uh, does anybody get a ball? Anybody got a ball? Um, he's he's just he's hilarious. And he, he is plays hilarious. A, he's in Batman, the one with Jack Nicholson yep. and Kim Basinger. He's just kind of a good bit character. Um, Arliss is a great show. I, I used to watch that every episode. Oh, for sure. How many seasons was that? Five or six? I don't know, but if, it seems like a lot. If if our listeners want to uh, go back to like shows that were 20-plus years ago and just watch a season. That's not the, bad. No, it's really good because it was only a 30, one of those old-school mm-hmm. 30-minute shows. Super funny about a sports agent. Um, I think it was kind of one of the original HBO shows, like well, HBO-produced show. It was one of the earlier ones, yeah. but it was like it came after like Dream On. It came after, um, you know, not necessarily the news. It was Sex in things. the City era, right? Yeah, it yeah. was Sex in the City era. That's okay. right. That's exactly right. Um, okay, let's last go, one. Let's go with. I'm going to go with Paul Gleason. Well, I don't even know who that is. Are you serious? Yeah, he's the principal in a Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. A Breakfast. Club. Oh yeah. I he mean, a good he that is guy. in tra- he's in Trading Places. He's just kind of in a an ass. Yeah, if I can say that, you can. Um, it's not a cuss word. He's fantastic. That's um, a good one. He, he's a jerk in that movie. Yeah, is he in anything? He's a perfect else? principal. Oh, he's no longer in movies because he's no longer living. That is sad. I didn't realize that. Apparently, he died in two, what is that? Two thousand sixteen. Oh, really? COVID? Um, <laughs> no. no. No, not COVID. No, I don't see COVID in here. Um, but in any event. Paul uh, Gleason. Paul Gleason, rest in peace. Okay. What do you got? I've got, I'm going to give you some honorable mentions because that's the way I like to roll. And these guys were a little too famous for me. But I, they're always that guy. And this is how it started. Mandy Patinkin. Okay, so I had a uh, Zoom call with Mandy Patinkin. Yes, that's where you got <laughs> yes, this from. Yes, that's where I got it from. Uh, Mandy Patinkin, of course, Chicago Hope, uh, Homeland, and so good in Homeland is <laughs> Saul Rosenberg and Wonder. Uh, I really like Mandy Patinkin, Chicago Hope. I'll I'll take another Chicago Hope alumni in my alternates here. Adam Arkin. Son of another honorable mention on my list, Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin was too famous for me, though. Yeah, he's a little too famous. Yeah, so Agreed. Alan Arkin died, I believe. Yeah, recently. But remember when I said that he was dead and he really wasn't <laughs> dead, but then he died like a month later. Yes. That was weird. So just for the listener here, uh, Alan Arkin is in a show on Netflix with Michael Douglas called The Kaminsky Method. I've seen it. It's really fantastic good. Fantastic. Really funny. Highly recommend. Uh, Gary Cole, of course, was on my uh, honorable mention list as well. But Adam Arkin, his son on Chicago Hope, he's not in a ton of stuff, Adam Arkin. He's just kind of peppered into places, which is a perfect that guy. Yeah, it is a good so, that guy. All right, here's my top five. Number five, Stephen Tobolowski. Don't know who that is for real. Needle Nose Ned from Groundhog Day. Okay, that's like almost too obscure because his parts <laughs> are like minuscule. Yes, but he ends up on Silicon Valley. He ends up True. on Chicago Hope. He ends up on the West Wing. Do you watch Chicago Hope? I do research. 
Okay. But Chicago Hope was a great show. I mean, that was that was that was the competitor to ER. It could have still be on for all I know. <laughs> There's a lot of Chicago things still on. Isn't like NBC Wednesday night Chicago night? I have no idea. I don't I watch sports. Oh my God. Did you know that? Yeah, I do. What did I tell you this no. morning? Oh my God, last night I had time to actually watch a TV show because there was no baseball or football on. No, what you said was, I was watching the end of the Mavericks game and my wife said, do you want to watch Thelma and Louise? And I said, anything but the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number four, you you definitely know who this guy is. Jason Mansukas. Don't know who that is. So Jason Mansukas was on The League. You watch that show? Uh-uh. <laughs> oh, really? The fantasy football one? Yeah. I know it's based on my group. God. Okay. I'm not joking. That's a really funny show. So he's kind of like an Arab-looking dude with a crazy beard and crazy hair. He's also on Brooklyn Nine-Nine on The Good Place. He, okay, okay, he, I got you now. He really just really does pop into one or two episodes here and there, but he's always funny, every time. I uh, What does this have to do with Chicago? Don't you have to have a Chicago no show No Chicago theme. Okay. Number three on my list, Jennifer Coolidge, Stifler's mom. Excellent choice. Still, she's on Legally Blonde. She's the nail technician. She's on the Best new show. show. She's on Best in Show. <laughs> What's the guy's line? What's she wearing? She looks like a cocktail waitress on an oil rig. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good that guy, too. Damn, I don't even know his name. Who, Michael McKeon? No, no, no. The guy who's the other announcer for on Best in Show. He's in all those shows. Though. Yeah, it's um, he just died, too. Did he really? Yeah. Frank, uh, Fred, Fred Ridley, something. No, like no, no, not him either. I'm gonna get that guy and I'm gonna bring him back up later. All right, okay, number three. Oh shoot, Gary Cole was number five on my list. He wasn't my number one alternate. Sorry, number two. <laughs> Walton Goggins. Don't know who that is. Really? Really? Did you ever watch Justified? No. That is a fantastic show. Justified was on FX, I believe. Um, it was about this Kentucky U.S. Marshal that was, you know, solving crimes and stuff. It was a, a serial, not a series, though. And so, anyways, Walton Goggins, uh, Righteous Gemstones. Don't know it. Never heard of it. You've never heard of that show? I swear to God. God, you watch too much sports. <laughs> I, I, think, I think that's true. Also on Django Unchained, Unchained, also on The Shield. All right, number one. Steven Root. Excellent. Have you seen my stapler? Steven Root. Melvin. All right. Yep. On Office Space. Dodgeball. Melton. It's Melton. Melton. Sorry. Dodgeball. Barry. News Radio. West Wing. He's so great. He's amazing. That's a great number one. He's amazing in comedic roles. He's amazing in serious roles. And that is my mystery top five character actors of all time. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing yours. My mystery top five is in honor of two things. Today is my son's 15th birthday. Did he drive you to work? He did not. Uh, he can't drive himself to school. Well, that's a waste of a 15-year-old. Uh, the driving age is 16. Yeah. Don't care about that. Nope. Um, <laughs> Just so, like the Aggies don't care about smoking pot in the locker room. <laughs> I mean, I think most people don't really care about that. It's more of what it means and symbolizes. So um, we're going to go this afternoon to see the horror movie Smile. Okay. That was highly recommended by someone who I can't talk about. 
And so uh, I'm going to do that in honor because he really wants to see it. Okay. And then also, if you check your calendar, uh, Halloween is on Monday. Mm-hmm. So uh, with that. Real quick, speaking of Halloween, we'll be dropping a new podcast called Lake Hooplands on Halloween. I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. I cannot wait All right, go ahead. to do that. Um, Are you so, going to do top five horror movies? Top five horror movies. God, I'm going to be bad at this because I hate horror movies. Yeah. Okay. Number five for me is The Shining. No, no, no. That's going to be way higher. Number five is The Ring. Ooh, that's an interesting pick. Uh, not on my list. I don't really do honorable mentions. Um, <laughs> maybe I should start. I don't know. No, no, no. That's my thing. Yeah, it's your thing. Thank you. And then, and then Thank because you, that. you had to do that because you had a mystery top five one time, and there were nine things <laughs> in the mystery top five. Because <laughs> I can't, I can't make decisions when it comes to favorite things. I have a lot of likes, Brendan. You should be a polygamist. Now, um, I have The Shining in at number five. Okay. So that's very, very good. I was going to put The Shining at number three. Um. Okay. No, I I said the ring. You heard that part, right? Oh, so you submitted two at the same time. <laughs> I did. Well, I said number five is the shining, and then I was going to make that high. The ring's the ring's excellent. It's not in my top five. Ring's um, creepy, man. It's yeah. got like the fuzzy TV, kind of like the poltergeist, and the yeah. kid crawls out of it, and ugh. It's 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 something to see. Okay, on my list also the Blair Witch Project. Uh, not on my list. I don't like that movie. Uh, I find that to be one of the most dis- disappointing movie releases of all time. It came out while uh, I was in college, and Wait, I went. And did saw it? it? I thought it was a high school thing. Uh, Nineteen ninety nine. Okay. Oh, really? Um, wow. So for some people, yes, high school. <laughs> not for me. Uh, I and a group of friends went to see it because it was like cutting edge, point of view. Yeah. Shake around. It just really wasn't that scary. It was just like, mm. man, I just feel cold. After that, these guys are <laughs> just want a blanket. These guys are really cold out there, and I guess that's scary. Um, but it, that, that's really all it did for me. Okay. Um, I just felt it was a lot more pomp and circumstance. All right, the Candyman, the original one. I actually watched a little bit of that the other night between uh, sports games during our Yankees rain delay, um, and it's not on my top. It's not on my top five. It's pretty decent though. Okay. Not bad. And I will just go with I don't I I've literally never seen Halloween, not one of them, not even the original one. Uh so I'll go with Friday the 13th. Is that the Jason one? Yes. Hockey Mask Jason is Friday the 13th. Yeah, I'll go with that. Okay. That's a good one uh in the classic uh variety. What's the other one? Oh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. So there were Those th- are the there two were th- us well there were up. three. Yeah. Halloween series, Nightmare on Elm Street. And Friday the Thirteenth. Those were the three like series because they had a uh, protagonist that okay. was the same. Yeah. Um, so Nightmare on Elm Street is going to is going to segue me. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street is my number three. Okay. Uh, was big into Freddy Krueger. It was my uh, launch into the horror film genre as a kid. Uh, obviously, I had no parental supervision of any kind. Did he have like Wolverine type fingers? Yeah. He, okay. had, he had blades for yeah, hands. Yeah. Right. Uh, so he, he was a predecessor to Edward Scissorhands. Um, that's a great movie. It's just scary. It's old. Kind of holds up. They kind of rem- they've remade it a couple times, and one recent. Uh, those aren't as good because I think a lot of horror movie has to be time, place, and manner. Like, what's the technology, and how scary is that? 
and is it psychological? Because I don't really like gory stuff. Like, that, that's not yeah, scary yeah. Psychological is better. I, I, I maybe I don't like horror movies because they make seventeen of them. Yeah, it feels like you should just make a different movie. Yeah, so Halloween's not on my top five. Okay. Um, neither is Friday the 13th. Okay. Of So of the... That, Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street, okay. I felt, was the best film. Uh, Number four. Of those. Let's go with the one that made me literally throw up okay. as a kid when I was 11 oh, because I was, I was so be, freaking scared. This is going to be the extras. extras. It wasn't. Oh, okay. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> I mean, takes place in Texas... Filmed in 1974, low budget. The family is completely, I mean, it's so messed up okay. when you think about it. I don't it. think I've seen that movie either. It's super traumatic. <laughs> um, and more it is or less me. traumatic than Baby Jessica? Uh, more, by a lot. Okay. Um, so I think I watched it when I was 11 years old. My brother-in-law was in town. Uh, he's like, yeah, sure, I'll watch it with you. <laughs> Throws it on there. I'm like, have a Coors Light. Uh, I'm sure he did. Um, it was, it was very, very scary. Number one on my list is The Exorcist. That What's you number just two? Mentioned. We haven't gotten to it yet. Well, don't just. But you had just, you had just dropped The Exorcist. Okay. So I want to get to that first. I saw The Exorcist when I was in seventh grade, and I didn't sleep in my bed for the entire month of January. I think that. The, when The Exorcist was released, I heard this story recently, that people left the theater throwing up. Like, it was that scary back then. It's pretty disturbing. Make no mistake about it. There's a lot, especially when you want to get into the spiritual side yes. of things. And, and certainly at the time, the... Uh, implications that were involved in exorcism. I think a lot of that has been kind of played out in a lot of yeah since then because things are like, you know, is that theatrics? It just and and sadly we're very numb to things like that. Uh, it was just the way it was shot, the fact that it's a little girl, um, and it's got the creepiest music. Of all time. Yeah, if you throw a little kid in into the horror movie, you're gonna be scared. You've done you've done well. Um, and then that takes us to the very last or my number one. You're number two. I'm uh, You just said the exorcist was number one. Yeah. So my number two. Yeah. That's right. But my last entry. Gotcha. Amityville horror. Takes place around the same the same time. I just felt like you had three kids in there. It's the house being haunted. Definitely never going saw on. that one. It is so. It's the first of the movie class, horror movie classics where it's like, why are people living here? Please leave this house. But they stay. Like, what's going on here? What this is oh. an easy thing. Move. It's got Margot Kidder in it. Have She's you a, seen um, Parasite and, Bro and James Brolin? Have you seen Parasite? No. It's a Korean movie, I think. It has subtitles and everything. That is a scary movie. Same concept of like these really rich people and um, this really poor family just kind of like moves into their house and like holds them. It's a it's a creepy movie. You should watch that. It's a good one. Parasite. I'll, I will get to that. But that is my mystery top five. And now we can move on to your favorite uh, endeavor of all time, the National Football League. I do like the National Football League these days. I, <clears throat> I'm feeling very good about 
picking National Football League games. We're doing very good together on Linesight 2020. That's linesight2020.com. On the National Football League. And what was your takeaway from last week? Um, Wow, how in the world did the Bears dump truck the Patriots on Monday Night Football? That was amazing. That's insane to me. So, And Bill Belichick being so good against rookie or second-year quarterbacks. Well, both apply in this. Is he a rookie? No, no, he's a second-year. Yeah. Uh, and they... I think the Bears changed something, though. The Bears went way more runs. So there were 10 design runs <clears throat> for Justin Fields in that game. He had 18 design runs all of last season. And so my f- <laughs> my five-star this week is Dallas. My four-star this week is Dallas at home against Chicago. But if the, if the Bears have fundamentally changed their offense. You've got a uh, dry throat. If the Bears have fundamentally changed their offense. This is what Philadelphia did last year. Philadelphia was not playing that well. They fundamentally changed their offense to fit uh, Jalen Hurts, and they have been on a pretty good run since. So if the Bears do the same thing, I'm not saying they'll have the same run as the as the Eagles, but it concerns me, and the fact that they dominated New England. And so it concerns you, yet we're going to make Dallas your top play of the week. Well, I know. I'm thinking about it. I mean, You're talking yourself out of Dallas. That's right. I like to talk myself. I'd like to put things down and then talk myself out of them in order to talk myself back into them. So uh, that was a crazy game, for sure. In the fog, uh, the Bears handle the Patriots at home, thirty-three to fourteen. The Patriots look like they gave up too, which I've never seen before. I don't believe Belichick's doing some sort of two quarterback system now. Like, what's that about? Um, well, he's got your man, Bailey Zappi, Zappi Hour, and he's got Mac Jones, and he is probably between a rock and a hard place. What do I do here? I just don't think Mac Jones is very good. I never have. You don't think any quarterbacks are good, except for Bailey Zappi. <laughs> I think Bailey Zappi might be better than Mac Jones, but I may be wrong there. Um, okay, the uh, the Cowboys absolutely dump truck the, the Lions. In the second half. Absolutely. In the second half. Yeah, that was a struggle. Five turnovers. That game lasted 15 minutes, I believe. The Dallas Cowboys defense is incredible still. They're sacking dudes. They're turning them over. I mean, they handled the Lions with ease, in my opinion. 11-1 against the spread against teams with losing records. Dak Prescott beats losing teams and loses to winning teams, and that's just the way it is. That's really handy. It is really handy for handicapping. Uh, The Arizona Cardinals in our 18-unit triple nine-star best bet on Thursday night beat the Saints 42-34 to at home. And it was really a wider gap than that. Yep. Uh, The Saints shrunk that at the end. Uh, the best thing in that was clearly the uh, Andy Dalton pick six where he's walking off the field and the guy <laughs> does an airplane dive in the into background. the end zone. So great. So awesome. New York Giants defeat the Jacksonville Jaguars at Jacksonville 23-17. I think that I'm going to say that we attribute our NFL success mostly 
to the New York Giants. We have been on the Giants every week. We'll be on them again this week. Don't worry. I don't know, but we they're, do like Seattle too. They're dogs every week, and they're six and one. I don't get it. Um, it's just people don't believe it's it's the Daniel Jones factor. Mm-hmm. People don't believe that Daniel Jones can do it. And I said this last week. He is way better than people think. He is. The Giants are running him a lot more often. I heard this morning. He's got, May, maybe he's, they run him into the ground and don't re-sign him. <laughs> That's a terrible thing to do. And say. <laughs> and say. Tennessee Titans beat the Colts at home 19-10. to Everybody and their mother was on the Colts. We didn't play the game, but... The Colts are just bad, so bad that they now bench Matt Ryan and go to University of Texas standout Sam Ellinger. Sam Ellinger got picked up for $27 this morning on the waiver wire in my fantasy football league. If I was Frank Reich, here's what I would do. I would start Sam Ellinger, and then in the fourth quarter, I would bring in Nick Foles because Sam Ellinger lost more games in the fourth quarter (laughs) as a Texas quarterback. And he didn't even play for Sark. Right. Uh, That's where it all started. Um to the Carolina Panthers just beat the Buccaneers twenty one to three. What they, they, tra- they what are they gonna do with that that they, program? They trade Christian McCaffrey. They they've looked awful and they somehow go out and beat the Buccaneers. At Tampa, wasn't it? No, it was at home. Oh, it was at home. Yeah. Um man, what are they what are they gonna do in Tampa? That sounds that sounds like a miserable place to be. And people say Brady's checked out, but I, I guess I don't buy it because he's slamming Microsoft Surface tablets down and yelling at offensive linemen. But maybe it's just hissy fit. It is. It's hissy fit for sure. He can't hissy fit at home anymore. He's got a game tomorrow night against the Ravens. I am very much enthralled with the under forty-five and a half on that game. Yeah, Buccaneers actually uh, dogs at home, uh, one and a half points. Uh, real quick, the just to finish off last week's games. God, there's a lot to talk about. Man, the NFL, so good. Washington Commanders, we had that one. They beat the Packers 23-21 at home. Uh, Taylor Heineke, I just felt like Washington was decent with Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke got them to the playoffs. That's right. And then they get Wentz, who's terrible. I've said it from day one, even when he was almost the MVP. When he was a baby. <laughs> Yes. Uh, and so the commanders uh, followed Taylor Heineke to the win circle uh, against the Packers two in a row for the commanders, beat the Bears and then beat the Packers. The Bengals trucked the Falcons 35-17, wasn't even close. I think the Bengals have found something. Here's an interesting point. The NFL. Are you calling your point interesting? Yep. Okay. You can decide. Yeah. Fair listener. I'm sure I will. Okay, uh, okay so in football, you can run it to open up the pass game or you can more rarely pass it to open up the run game there needs to be balance as jason garrett likes to tell us literally every time he has a microphone in front of his face i think the Bengals are doing the other the more rare version of throwing it to open up the run they could get nothing done with joe mixon early this season and now they have just said burrow chuck it around buddy 350 yards in the first half against the Falcons. That's ridiculous. And three touchdowns. And so I think they have kind of fundamentally changed the way that they uh, uh, play on offense. And I really like the Bengals going forward, even though I'm actually picking against them this week. As, yeah, Again, you're kind of uh, 
really talking yourself into and out of things that you uh, have st- stood beside. Thank you. Um, the Chargers looked horrible at home against the Seahawks. They were bad. They're they're not good. Geno Smith still doing his thing. Kenneth Walker the third. What? I that dude's him. amazing. Yeah. He's awesome. And then finally, the Chiefs and the 49ers. Blah. The Chiefs still good at offense, FYI. Really good. Yeah. That game was decently close. It was 28-23, and then the Chiefs just poured on. Jimmy G takes a safety. Kansas City just kind of marches down the field and scores, and it just was out of hand. I was really surprised that the San Francisco 49ers laid an egg right there. That's, they didn't really play like they normally play. It wasn't really a physical game. I'll say this. You love the 49ers, so I wasn't going to talk you out of it. But the 49ers in the last five seasons have done this double game East Coast road trip and then back home. They have dominated their East Coast games to the tune of, I believe, 8-2 and two against the spread, one of those losses being this year. Every time they go back to California after that, they lose. 0-4 against the spread. Now 0-5 against the spread. Hmm. And so there's some trend there where it's almost like they spend too much time away because they do a mini training camp, right? They, they just stay on the East Coast. And so when they come back, I wonder if they're just like, we're at home, take a breath, and then they just get pounded. They got, they, they, they looked horrible. They did. Even though it was a close game, they, they did not look good. All right, what do you like this week? I like uh, San Francisco and the Rams to go under 43.5. Yeah, I like that. Um, Bosa had one of his worst games as a pro, so expect him to bounce back. The Rams can't score. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, they get it to Cooper Cup, and that will happen, but then that's kind of about it. He's it. He's their offense. Poor Matthew Stafford's just getting pounded, too. Yeah. They I keep, bet he liked the bye. <laughs> they keep losing uh, offensive linemen. Debo has got a, a hamstring injury, and that's going to limit the 49ers in, in their scoring opportunities. They have uh, Christian McCaffrey. They do have Christian McCaffrey. Woo-hoo. Yeah, I like that thing going under. All right, we've already discussed Dallas at home, minus 9.5 against Chicago a little bit. I, I kind of like Detroit. Plus three and a half at home against Miami. Miami jumped out uh, against Pittsburgh last week on um, Monday night. Sunday night. Sunday night. And then they did nothing. Yeah, they didn't do much. It was like 16 to three, and then they just didn't score the rest of the game. I know. They scored on their first, what, three, five possessions, something like that? Yeah. Three, and four. Yeah, and then they, they just stopped scoring. And the Detroit is not good. They're not good, but they f- it looks like they squander a lot. They fumbled on the one-yard line. <laughs> They're an interception on, like, the 20. Um, and so I like Detroit at home here to bounce back. They can't Miami. stop the run. They're horrible against the, their run defense is horrible. The good thing for them, though, is that Miami doesn't run the ball at all, so right. good for them. I mean, they throw in some Raheem Mostert, and that's it. And that's only a few plays here and there. I like Raheem Mostert a lot. He's real fast. All right. You like the Falcons minus four and a half at home against the Panthers. So you're not buying the Steve Wilkes Panthers. I'm not buying the Panthers. (laughs) I'm really not buying that at all. Um, They've they've got an okay defense, but Atlanta 
is well, first of all, they were were six and zero against the spread until last week's Joe Burrowing, uh, which takes them now down to six and one against the spread. Uh, I I just like the way Atlanta plays. Uh, I think they're significantly better than Carolina. They kind of do what they're supposed to do. They that that's they they're winning the games they they should win or what looks like they should win, and they're losing the games that looks like they should, they're not quite ready to win, and they're covering the spread. Um, I buy that. I buy the Falcons. That's all right. Jets at home, plus two against the Patriots. The New York Jets. I'm on the bandwagon. They lose a starting offensive lineman. They lose Brees Hall. He's out for the season. And I think the offensive lineman is too. He's tore his peck. Um, and I don't know that Zach Wilson's going to play. Real? What's wrong with him? He's got some sort of injury. I think. Am I wrong? He's kind of. I think that's not correct. Okay, maybe I read that somewhere. And I was. He is fragile, though. <sighs> I don't know about this one, man. I think <laughs> the New England Patriots are, are bad. I think what we saw on Monday Night Football is who they actually are. I think they're pretty bad. And two quarterbacks means you have zero quarterbacks. Yeah, and I just think it's the Jets' time. Um, New England has won, like, every game for, I don't know, 10-plus years or something crazy <laughs> like that against the Jets. And, um, I mean, they haven't won in years. I know it's been at least since 2016 that they've beaten the Patriots. I just think it's, it's, it's the time. Las Vegas minus two at New Orleans. You just want to play against New Orleans all the time. It's a moneymaker. Playing against New Orleans makes you money this season. And Las Vegas now is healthy. Josh Jacobs is running the ball great. That goes with some passing weapons that they have. Devontae Adams and Derek Carr are hitting their stride. I think Las Vegas is playing a lot better. I think Las Vegas makes the playoffs. So Devontae Adams is not getting suspended for shoving down the photographer, it doesn't look like. Not yet. Okay. Green Bay plus, plus 11 at Buffalo. So this goes back to the other side of a home favorite off a of buy. Not good. Home favorites off a of buy 46% against the spread. Green Bay hasn't been a double-digit dog since Todd Hundley was taking a snap. And Brett, Brett Hunt, Brett Hunt, who's Todd Henley? He's he a was baseball the catcher for the Mets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, what I don't like about it, this is my one star. What I don't like about it is uh, Aaron Rodgers is calling out every player on offense now. Jeez, that's not a good way to go. I don't think for a quarterback to just say, "Hey, you know what? Uh, there are guys that, that have made mistakes on 20% of our plays, and they shouldn't be playing football. That that thing, it looks like it's going to come unraveled if it hasn't already. Uh, Buffalo looks like the best team in the NFL to me. Um, they have all the edges in this game. Man, I don't know. I do like the double digits. It is the NFL. I do like the double digits. Double digits. Um, da, 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 Titans minus two at the Texans. That line looks really weird. It yes. looks really fraudulent. Oh, Ryan Tannehill's not playing. Likely. That's why. Oh, well, who do they have as a backup? Malik Cunningham. Ooh, I like that. No. He, <laughs> ooh, 
Louisville Malik guy. Willis. Yeah, Malik Willis. Liberty quarterback Malik Willis. I kind of like him. He seems like a pretty He's good terrible. Buzz. It seems like a pretty good bus driver. He uh, was pulled in the middle of a preseason game, even after a 30-yard game, because he literally had no idea how to run the offense. I'm concerned about that. And that's why it's two. I mean, that's a dumb line for that What's game. What's the total? I don't know. But we should play it. <laughs> have we gotten a have we gotten a Ron Torbert uh assignment? Oh damn yet? it. I meant to look that up. Let me look it up right now. You talk about the Giants plus three at Seattle. I love both these teams. That's the that's the hard part about it. DK Metcalf hurt. Not good for Geno Smith and his uh amazing season. And the Seattle run defense is horrible. Thirtieth in the league. And then you've got Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones coming in. Uh, God, Saquon Barkley looks like the player that everybody thought he could be. What so the um, the Giants are number one in the NFL in pass uh, percentage defense, right? They basically don't let you complete passes. Cool. Geno Smith, number one in the NFL in pass completions. Yes. So strength on strength uh, in that one. And... DK Metcalf not having surgery, not going to He's probably not playing. He's not gonna play, but he's he's not out for the year, I guess is my point. So the Seahawks still alive. All right, Ron Torbert. Which game would you like him to referee this week? I would most be in favor of him not refing the Arizona Minnesota game. He is not refing that. That is fantastic because we're gonna go over uh forty nine in that game. And uh, I would probably most like to see him refing the Rams 49ers game. He's not. Uh, he is refing the Packers at the Bills. Ooh, that's a 47 and a half. I was about to say, you're probably going to get a pretty high total on that game. Because of Josh Allen stuff. Ron Torbert now 30 and 9 to the under. Case closed. Any other NFL Week 8 tidbits that you want to let me know about? Uh, I think I'm good. I don't really have anything else to to add that hasn't already been said. Here's a couple of trendy um, leans based on trends. Arizona plus four at Minnesota. Pittsburgh plus ten at Philly. And San Francisco plus one and a half at the Rams. Because they all have buys next week? Because they are all off of buys. No, Um, they have them next week. Who? San Francisco's on a bye next week. Yeah. Pittsburgh's on a bye next week. And um, Oh, so you get double trend there because Philly's at home off a bye and the Rams are at home off a bye. Yeah, that's Look right. That double trend. We might be playing those big boys. All right. What's the trend? You just gave the teams. Home favorites. <laughs> home favorites off a bye. Terrible. Like 42%. Okay. And... Uh, away dogs going into a buy decent 52%. So not not great. That's a meh. Home home going into the buy is more important. But home off a buy not great. Uh 46%. So World Series gets started on Friday. Who Oh yeah, who you, you want to talk about baseball. Who are you taking? <laughs> who are we taking? God, we're having a great uh postseason Philly. over 11 and a half units with the World Series yet to come. I don't you're going to ride the emotional Philly train? I think it plays a little more in the World Series, in baseball, that riding the wave 
your crowds all into it, getting behind you. You got three games at home in Four a row. Four days off. I know. I don't like that at all. That's terrible. Why would Why would Major League Baseball just bump end, it up? End a series on Monday, and then start the World Series on Friday, so they can just what compete with football? It's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense to me. Our friend Brian Lahan will be at Game One, so if you see him, say hello. Buy him a beer or two. Uh, I think he only drinks one. Okay. Very conservative. Well, uh, that'll do it. <laughs> That's it for baseball. <laughs> what else do you want to talk? Oh, uh, you want to talk about Aaron Judge getting all of the money from the Giants? Uh, well, uh, sure. San Francisco Giants say they will not be outbid for Aaron Judge. Right. So it'll basically be up to him. Like, do you want to play here or not? Yes. Yeah. The money's going to be there. But again, they can't make that argument because they live in Russia. <laughs> California? Yeah. Gotcha. Um, how could the Dodgers afford him? Can they? I mean, I mean I'm mean, i sure they can't afford him. They're going to have to move something, though. That's a lot. That is a lot. They won't, they won't get Trey Turner. If they what? get Judge, they will not get Trey Turner. Do you think Aaron Judge gets more than $50 million a year? I do not. Okay. I think that he will sit right in at about 37. 37? Yeah. Aren't there dudes making 40? Not really, no. No. Oh. What are those big – yeah, what's Tatis making? 10 for 450, I thought. Is that right? I don't know. I thought it was longer than that. Yeah, it might be. I was thinking 10, 475 for Well, Judge. he doesn't get to play until April 20th next That's year. Because he cheated. He's a cheater. Uh, okay, what else do you want to talk about in baseball? That's it. I'm good. You're sure? I, I think want, the I want, you have think, a forum. I think the Astros win the World Series, and I think it goes six games. Astros in six. Astros in six. I'm taking Philly in four. <laughs> in four. Sweep. <laughs> that poor guy in his $50 bet's going to get hosed. Uh, Mattress Mac is uh, slated to win like oh, 40 million bucks or something. Is it that low? I thought it was like 75 million or uh, something maybe, crazy. Maybe. Mattress Max a genius. Yeah, he's pretty great. All right, we're going to get out of here. Uh, as a Lake Hooplands reminder, uh, October 31st, that's Halloween, we will be dropping a new podcast called Lake Hooplands. It's hosted by your friends at Lineside 2020. That's us. Sponsored by Tritex Cabinets, uh, the greatness of Trey Chapman over there. Uh, it will be with Coach Joe Duffield, who is the head coach of Lake Highlands High School Boys Basketball Program, the number 20-ranked team in the country. That's all 50 states We are Guam. We are very excited. Look for me on Halloween with my sandwich board walking around trick-or-treating. And look for me as well. We'll see you next week. Yeah.